Hey there, and welcome to the Agency Rockstars podcast. I'm Dana Lindahl, and I'm the founder of LegendaryLeadGen.com, where we help B2B companies become authorities in their industry, set more sales appointments, and convert those appointments into more sales. We also help other agencies sell our patented process on to their own clients. And we truly believe in the value of building and creating relationships, and in that being the main driver of new sales for agencies. So, Stick around to the end of the show. We're going to be revealing how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing agency podcasts on the planet. All right, let's get straight into it. All right, agency rock stars, welcome back to the show. You're in for a treat today because I am joined by the co-founder and CEO of a rock star agency, which by the way, Jacob. I absolutely love when I read that. I was like, this is perfect. Uh, his name is Jacob Tell, and he is co-founder and CEO of Oniracom. So Jacob, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. So when I was doing my research uh, for our conversation, the the LinkedIn page for uh, your company says, born out of rock and roll, disruption is in our DNA. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Rock stars, rock and roll. Obviously, that's a good one. But disruption is in our DNA. That one hit me. Uh, Jacob, if you would, tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do and how all of this fits into uh, Oniracom. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank, thanks so much again, Dan. This is great. Um, I'm a fan of what I've seen from you as well. So this is cool to be able to have some, some face time together. But Oh, thanks. Um, yeah. So we co-founded the company back in 2001, and we were one of... Um, a handful of agencies of record that, that were lucky enough to work with the major labels. Um, and this was the heyday before major labels really were scrambling with the modern streaming service landscape. I mean, back then we had, we still were selling CDs. Um, merchandise bundles were, were definitely a hit and downloadable MP3s were relevant and completely monetizable. And so, um, we were kind of part of that big uh, domino push for analog to digital um, and really bringing um, a lot of the fan campaigns direct to artists. So we kind of helped cut out the middlemen and go direct to consumer. And at the time, our uh, kind of mantra for these types of initiatives was that we wanted to super serve the super fan. Super serve, super serve the super fan. That's really cool. How, how did you get into that. I mean, I like I'm a music fan. I always thought I'd be a music producer someday. I'm not in the part of the world that does that, so it didn't work out, but that's okay. How did you get into that running those campaigns for the music industry? That's amazing. Great question. So um, we're here in Santa Barbara, California, not a music industry town, but you know, only 90 minutes north of Los Angeles. However, we were fortunate enough to work with a little known artist at the time named Jack Johnson, also here in Santa Barbara. And uh I see the poster on concert. It's a (laughs) great one right there. Got it on the wall. That's awesome. I got some back here uh, behind me as well. I love it. Uh, But basically we started when he was real small in his infancy, grew alongside him as he uh, started his brush fire record label and eventually got signed by universal music group. And because it's such a small industry, we really spiraled in that music industry alongside of Jack and the other artists that he signed to his record label brush fire records we were able to quickly be known and collaborate with um, Universal Music Group and then quickly Sony and Warner and EMI and Disney and the others. Um, and we became one of the go-to um, agencies. Honestly, one of the, the big networking secret sauce um, 
events of that time with South by Southwest, the music oh. component of South by Southwest, and then also the interactive tech component as that became relevant in, say, I don't know, 2007, 8, 9. In that era, all the labels would flock to Austin every year, and we would have the opportunity to sit and strategize on campaigns. Wow. That's, that's so cool. So then how do you go? So you talked a little bit right there about the networking side of it and how to just connect, but how do you scale that agency from working with a couple artists to where, you know, you are today? Great question. So a couple of uh, pieces of backstory, we were doing um, web and e-commerce mostly when we started and no different for Jack Johnson. We were running an online store and doing merchandising for him. And they were like, Hey, if you can do merch for us online, why don't you come and do merch on the road? So I actually had the opportunity to tour with Jack and his crew all over the world, running his merchandise. And of course, when I'm out there, I'm running my company back in Santa Barbara. I'm like brainstorming network and like wanting to learn and soak up like a sponge, everything from what do riggers and lighting directors do to how do the booking agents and publicists operate to how are the international sides of the record labels interacting with management groups. And so we were able to be exposed to a lot of that industry really rapidly and became um, kind of cemented in as one of the fixtures uh, of, of many of those groups at the time. Uh, and then about 2009-10, when the music industry was shrinking the marketing budgets and really putting the emphasis on managers and artists to run their own marketing, we decided to diversify and start working with brands and organizations, not just in the music and entertainment space. And as we did that, we realized we need to really focus on market research. And so we developed at the time what we called audience intelligence, which we now call actionable intelligence, it became our secret sauce where now we had a whole brand process where we could create a brand, create video content, create web presence, create marketing initiatives, but based on data, based on real market research. So we're really bringing kind of that left, right uh, brain into the equation. And we, we always like to say that we do our best work at the intersection of like leading edge technology and storytelling. Yeah. And that was, I didn't even get to the second part of your tagline on LinkedIn of backed by big data analytics. And so, yeah, yeah. my bad, but still the rock and roll part was just too much. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, let's talk about, let's, <laughs> so everybody gets caught up. Right. Um, so Jacob, let's do, let's do a little storytelling then if you would, I, whether it's, gosh, you got to have a hundred stories from, you know, touring with Jack and the group, um, or whether it's, you know, clients now, what is a, a favorite story that really highlights a specific way that you've been able to serve those clients? Well, there's funny ones and there's serious ones, but I can't help since you're into the rock and roll side of things, um, explain and illustrate why the data is so important for the creative process, because you have these creative web people, creative video people, uh, graphic designer, creative directors, these sort of roles Mostly they're using gut and intuition and experience in the agency world for decades. Um, that is what got, you know, the big agencies to grow is they would have a great versatile uh, bench of creative directors. Well, when you have data to actually back those creative decisions, it takes a lot of the guesswork out of it. Instead of the client saying, well, I like pink over purple just because of the check writer, we're able to say, well, look what your customers are going to respond to more. One of my favorite anecdotes of this before we actually had the luxury of backing things with data was we were creating things with flash animation back in the day. We we're doing these really cool interactive and immersive web presences, especially for the music industry. I'll probably remember days of flash. 
Um, and I remember doing this animated uh, sort of introduction to the website for this big record label and their feedback to us was literally, I mean, we had like big um, gorillas moving around in this jungle scene and all this stuff. And their note back to us was, can you increase the dopeness levels? Like that was literally their feedback was, they just want to see the dopeness levels turned up. It's like, how do you quantify that? So data is very helpful. Moral of the story. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> the dopeness levels. Every creative yeah. listening right now went just cringed. Like, oh, I've heard that <laughs> kind of thing before. That's amazing. Um, and how do you increase those dopeness levels? That's that's the biggest. Yeah, it's it's all about listening. You gotta you gotta get in there and really ask uh, good leading <laughs> questions to figure out what do they mean by that adjective? What what yeah. specifically are they going for? You know, is it? They want, you know, more in the animation. They want, you know, more frames per second. They want different coloring or what, what is it that they're after? So yeah. um, it can be frustrating and amusing all, all at once. Sure. So Jacob, let's talk a little bit about um, who it is you work with now. You you mentioned some, you know, the rock and roll side of things, music, uh, entertainment industry, now brands. Who is perfect for Oniracom now? So we are fairly industry agnostic. I mean, we definitely have experience in a few key industries, um, most notably moving from rock and roll into cannabis. You know, we're in California where cannabis became legal in 2016 and it grew up or had to grow up fairly quickly. So you're starting to see a lot of brands develop based on, you know, the medical and the science end and trying to attract a more serious audience than just going after the stoner culture. So um, cannabis is definitely a fun, fun area for us to extend into, but we're fairly industry agnostic. For us, it's more about aligning with the right types of customer. Uh, what are their goals? You know, what are they trying to achieve? Um, and can we have positive disruption? Back to that tagline, it's not just a slogan for us. We really, truly want to try to disrupt something, whether that's you know breaking from the status quo on how we're doing certain things or... Um, whether they're actually leading in their category or they're with their product or service. Um, we love that disruption of not just um, assuming that the old way was the only way to do something. So they've got it. So a brand has to be uh, curious. They have to be ready for disruption. They've got to see a different way, not just the way it's always been done. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And what are the, what's maybe some of the biggest pain points that you see in those ideal clients industry or the marketing industry in general? I see a lot of people, especially during COVID, trying to jump past the strategy directly into the tactics. A lot of times people will come into a creative group like ours and not just us. I mean, I talk to colleagues about this all the time in, in marketing and they're like, we need a logo. We need a website. We need a piece of collateral designed. Uh, we need a video, whatever that is. That's a very tactical execution and implementation of what ought to be a lot of thinking, a lot of branding, a lot of story. Um, a lot of times, you know, these organization groups haven't really dedicated and invested into that strategy. They haven't built a brand platform where they've answered all about their values and they've talked about their target persona groups and they understand, you know, how they're positioning differentiates them from competition in the marketplace. They just want to go straight into like making something pretty. And that is not relevant if you haven't done the investment on the strategy side. Okay. So what does that look like in a, in a everyday thing? If I come to you, if a brand comes to you and says, Hey, Jacob, I want, I want a to make me a TikTok video. 
what's your response to something like that when they're like, this is the new thing, do this? Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of questions about who they are, how they show up in the world, who their target, um, you know, audiences are, their persona types are, um, you know, why, you know, why, why are they wanting to go towards one particular platform and not take an omni-channel approach, for example, across multiple platforms? Um, you know, what are they really trying to deliver? What's the value proposition? Are they doing this for themselves? Are they trying to do something innovative and make the world a better place? I mean, really try to get into the DNA of what makes people tick before we actually just go ahead and do something. Gotcha. And when you talk about the omni-channel platform, you know, there's so much out there today. And and it seems to me like this is a very, just a, a, a personal observation. They all seem to bleed together now. I noticed just recently the LinkedIn looks a lot like Facebook now when it comes to their logo or their design or whatever. I mean, how, how can we differentiate our brands when it comes to all these different channels? Where do I start? What do I do? Do I go everywhere? What's your advice to that? That's a great question. I mean, it certainly is case by case. Um, it really does come back to the audience that you're trying to attract and where they're naturally going. The last thing you really want to pay for as a brand is behavior change. It's very expensive to pay uh, to get people to do something different than they're already used to doing. So if they're already going to TikTok or they're already on LinkedIn or they're already in the Facebook group or they're already watching and consuming content on YouTube, then point your ad and ad dollars and your marketing initiatives towards the places that you're going to hit those, uh, those markets best with. If you don't know, do more research, find more data, try to figure out what the competition is doing and see if you're going to do something similar to them or if you want to differentiate from them. Um, but at the end of the day, I think a lot of the bigger brands where they're very consumer facing and they're trying to be more mass, there's probably space for them to take you know, certain types of content or a certain campaign and have it morph and end up in different platforms in, in unique ways. You know, for example, maybe they're taking one piece of video content and they're making it a little more long form on YouTube, a little more short form on Instagram. You know, maybe they're physically changing it from, you know, 16 by nine to a square, things like that. Um, on TikTok, maybe they're making it a bit more interactive and making it more music oriented or whatever. So I think that there are ways of, of you know, repurposing content across platforms, but it's certainly not a one size fits all answer. Gotcha. That makes sense. Uh, so before I get to my last question and give you an opportunity to make sure everybody can connect with you, um, you told me earlier what the name of the agency stands for, Aniracom. What does that mean? So Aniracom literally means um, communicating dreams. So it's based on a Greek term, Oneric, and then calm. We sort of made the word up. Um, Oneric is pertaining to the dreams or dreamlike space and time. I learned that when I went to UCSB, I was a film studies major, and they would always talk about these oneric scenes in like a Salvador Dali landscape where there's these dreaming sequences. And I always love the word. And so I found a way to kind of mash it up with calm communicating and made, made up a word, communicating dreams. Um, at the time, our slogan back then was solutions for dreamers. We found though later that attracting dreamers is not necessarily a good thing. Uh, it doesn't mean that there's budgets that go with it. So we've Definitely finessed our our tag, uh, and we're very much into the into the positive disruption now. Yeah, I love that man. Communicating dreams—that is so cool. Okay, so where can our audience make sure that they learn more about you, about Aniracom, and everything that's going on? Before I get to my sure. last, that that's coming up, but I want you to have that platform first. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I mean, Oniracom.com is definitely um, you know that's that's our site. 
We're on all the major social network platforms other than maybe TikTok and, and uh, Snapchat, but at Oniracom on, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook, um, on Twitter, all that good stuff, and LinkedIn. Um, and then personally, you can find me at jacobtell.com. Excellent. Uh, all right. So Jacob, if the, is there anything that you've learned or any advice over the years that you've heard that seems counterintuitive at first, but had a massive impact on you and your business once you embraced it? That's a wonderful question that I have no time to prepare for. So now I'm going to have to come up with something. <laughs> um, right. something we don't set it out to pause. It's fine. Let me, let me, re- yeah, let me, let me rephrase it. So something that's counterintuitive that I've learned. Yep. Man. I mean, okay. So definitely from that kind of like going from high school into college and then going from college into what the working world and all that, and then supposedly, you know, a white picket fence and two and a half kids or whatever that path you were told life is not a straight line. I I love this notion of like things linearly progressing. And that's just certainly not the case. It's uh, it's a meandering, um, you know, responsive story that I think we all, we all go on this journey, but uh, certainly not some linear progression that maybe we were, we were taught at some age. Yeah. And, and no better example of that than 2020. Right. 2020 is a perfect example of <laughs> doing the COVID pivot that we've all had to do, right? Yes, yes. Excellent. Well, Jacob Tell, co-founder and CEO of Aniracom, thank you so much for being a part of Agency Rockstars. Uh, go to jacobtell.com, go to aniracom.com, check out Jacob. Jacob, thanks so much, man. Thank you, Dan. This is great. Really nice to meet you. Thanks for listening to the Agency Rockstars podcast. If you're an agency owner who would like to appear in this podcast, please visit legendaryleadgen.com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you found this episode valuable, I would really appreciate you sharing it on social media. Even just a quick screenshot of the episode showing on your phone shared to social media would be great. If you truly enjoyed the episode, we'd also really love a rating in your favorite podcast player. Please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Thanks again for listening. I'm Dana Lindahl, and if you want to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also find more information about everything we're currently doing at legendaryleadgen.com. Thanks for listening, and hope to hear from you soon.